Okay, and welcome to another edition of the Race Out podcast, brought to you with our friends at gambling.com and those clever fellows, of course, over at Bet Hard. Um, it's great to have a kind of increased panel this week. We've got Stephen Cass is back, high in demand and flying away with winners on uh, the Twitter machine. Stephen, how are you? Great, yeah, yeah, very good, Dean. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Good to have you back. Of course, you were last on the Dublin Racing Festival podcast. Emma Nolan is here and his teeth are in good order, I believe. Thank God, Dean, yes. Good man. And Paddy Aspel, of course, has joined us again on the race hour. How are you, Paddy? All good, thanks, you know. Good man. Okay, well, it's a bit more traditional in the race hour format, of course, this week, because we do have some racing from last weekend to review, and that's where we'll start. We'll also have a look at the weekend ahead, uh, some decent racing at Kempton Ferry House and the Big Ida Chase, of course, at Newcastle. And then to finish off today's podcast, we're going to have a spin through the anti-post markets for the Ryanair and the Champion Chase. I'm thinking the Champion Chase might not take too long unless one of the brave souls on this panel is going to take on Altior. Uh, just to catch up on last week's podcast, if you did miss it, we did review 15 Cheltenham Festival favourites with four weeks to go. There were four horses that scored a 4-0 victory across the four panel there. Um, they were Sir Eric in the Triumph, Benny Dadu in the Mares, Honeysuckle in the Mares Novices and Altior in that champion chase. Last time I checked, that's around a 50-1 to banker acker for the Cheltenham Festival. Okay, let's crack on, gents. We're going to do the weekend that was and uh, there's only really one horse to start with and that's Sire Name. Now, officially, the top-rated horse in training to me that sounds ridiculously bizarre but his performance was very good beating weight impatiently and uh, fox norton he made a few mistakes i'm gonna go to stephen cast first uh, you had to be impressed with him stephen um maybe the question isn't should he be the top rated horse uh, in training but it's kind of the one i wanted to ask yeah i was very impressed um whether he should be 178 is a different story uh, i don't think he should be rated higher than altior i can see where the handicapper is coming from but they tend to overreact with these kind of ones. It doesn't really matter. 178, 175, 172. You know, he's not going to be running the handicap. But, you know, you'd like to see a bit of sense applied. I would have thought that the others underperformed a little. Politolog was coming back off a, a bad run. I think Wade Impatient didn't get the best of rides and he did too much work to make up ground. And then he got tired. Like if he ran to 160 and you're literally adding on 18 pounds for 18 lengths, I think that's a bit too much. I'd say he probably ran to about 170. But look, very impressive. He's not going to Cheltenham, so we don't have to worry too much about whether he goes right-handed, left-handed. Uh, Town next, and I'd, I'd say he'll struggle to stay the three miles of Punchestown and he'll be up against some very good horses. But it'll be interesting, interesting to see uh, when he comes over. Yeah, it will be, and that kind of makes sense that they go there. They're a bit concerned about going left-handed, Dermot, but he's run okay left-handed before. Just the, the massive improvement has come right-handed. Yeah, it's just kind of Joe. There is the old uh, the old adage about horses for courses, and he's taking this. I mean, you see the improvement. Bristol Demai gets a Taydock, and I firmly believe that that's what it is. With surname at Ascot, he just loves the place. He knows the dips. He knows where to kick himself and and the jockey as well. Harry Cobden just knows exactly what to do with him. It's a it's a match made in heaven, as Stephen said. The mark is is ridiculous, and it's something that I think everyone's been talking about for ages. Is that it doesn't really make me as angry as it does. Other people, it's just when you keep inflating ratings and don't bring them down again. I mean, waiting patiently, a horse I love, he's only on 170 because they wouldn't bring cue cards mark back down last year despite the fact that he was clearly waning. And then he got an overinflated rating. He didn't act on the good ground and etc. And then you have another horse then that hammers him and has to go up an awful lot as well then. And it's, it's the problem with the overinflation and it's something that kind of doesn't seem to be stopping either. Would you fancy him at Punchestown, Dermo, if he turned up? I don't think he'd stay that full trip either, to be honest. Um, I really like the horse, but I think he's a bit too kind of buzzy. Now, if he did, it, 
it'd be some sight um he'd fly around there but i think he's um he's a very good he kind of would strike me as a bit kind of like a right-handed vetur in a way and that he's um he's all action all go but i'm not sure how much there is under the bonnet at the end of these runs okay paddy i'm sure you were impressed with sign name um I'm interested to know what you think about these ratings. I don't want to labour on it too much, but to me, it's almost like headline grabbing. I know why they got to the rating they got to, but if he's the top rated horse in training, that puts him ahead of the lights of Altio. That can't be right. No, it can't. Um, especially, like you say, when, when they've not clashed him or whatever, been up against each other. They've got to they've got to have... Um, it's got to be a bit more in-depth, doesn't it? I mean, a bit more to it rather than, than just like the lad says regards distances and you know adding these numbers up it's not really making much sense but i think really i don't take it an awful lot into account when it comes to flat racing ratings to me matter an awful lot more um because literally you know you get a horse over jumps if say we're talking handicaps he can be he can be placed off a hundred and twenty but he can't he can't win off 120 um, you know, whereas he's got to probably drop five pound. Whereas on the flat, he, he, he could drop five pound to 115. He could win off that. Whereas on the flat, a horse can win off 50, 52, but he can only be placed off 53 or four. Mm-hmm. That's that's the finer margins that's in it, you know. Sure. Um, but but I do agree with you. You know, it's a big jump and really it's it would have, it's a bit of a head scratcher really. And, and but I think an awful lot of people don't read into it now, in my opinion, as much or with the National Hunt job as what they would do on the flat. Fair enough. I, mean, I don't want to take away from the horse either in terms of it was a fantastic performance and he's obviously going places and has improved, well, significantly for Paul Nichols and, and another good ride from Harry Copton. Demo, just a final note on that race regarding waiting patiently and everyone who listens to the race, I know that you love the horse. They probably took a bit of a chance on that ground and whilst he's run a big race, he was falling apart towards the end and that's probably just the ground, isn't it? And a bit of tiredness from coming back from the break. That's it. I mean, but that, that was effectively his first run for a year. Um, he's he still has ran obviously quite well. He's gone up against a freak in a freak in his own backyard. Um, he, to me, he never really looked massively comfortable on the better ground. Um, when Brian Hughes last year kind of was taking a pull three or four out or five out, he was he was kind of hassling him to get going. I just don't think he let himself down fully, which would yeah. back up as to why Ruth Jefferson was slow to run the horse and anything else than good. I'd say it just got to the point, or on soft ground, I'd say it just got to the point where she was like, look, we have to go, we have to run. Um, but I just generally do think that uh, he'll improve an awful lot for when, when the rain does eventually fall and we'll get to see the wait and patiently that I firmly believe that he is. Yeah, sure. And it, like, if you look at long-term forecasts for Cheltenham Festival, it's supposed to be plenty of rain around the week before it. So maybe, you know, Jefferson Ruth will get the chance with waiting patiently to go for that Ryanair and, you know, really test that horse again. Hopefully they do. Let's move on to Clanders Oboe. Demo, I'll come to you first. For me, in winning that Demon chase, probably did what we expected, but I really like the manner of it. Travelled lovely, seemed very in the comfort zone, and then when they come to the last, actually opened up and, and went away. And he's put Terrafort, who's a good yardstick, not cracking, you know, not probably in the top rank, but close to, uh, put him right in his place. Yeah, I mean, Terrafort is rated 159, was getting three pounds from Clandes and Clandes Clandes Oboe absolutely dominated him, so that, that is a decent performance. 
obviously the fear being that he's had four runs at Cheltenham, hasn't won any of them. Um, but I think he might just be a horse that's kind of come into his own this year as opposed to those runs being very significant. It's like the Mike Bite stat that was being thrown at Mike Bite before he went off and uh, tried to not win the RSA, but did. And I think Landis Oboe kind of fits into that same territory. He's just been slowly but surely. He's only seven. He's the same age as Kato Starr was the first year that Kato won it. And it, I love that performance. Like It was the ease and the anger and the aggression of his jumping and just how easy he travelled. He just looks to finish article finally. He looked exactly what Paul Nichols always said he was. And Paul Nichols not wrong either. I mean, I said it last week. We were all talking about this being the greatest King George and then he won it and we said it wasn't. Um, so, like, he, he does have a big say in it. And the more presenting person keeps missing these targets, Clandes Oboe is the horse to beat in this division. I'll probably take him on, but he definitely is the horse to beat though. Yeah, I think only because we all know the horse or we think that we know the horse so well that he's come on a King George and we all questioned it. Now he's won a Demon Chase like he should do as a King George winner. We still kind of question it. So maybe the price doesn't look great. I mean, Paddy, as a, as a Gold Cup horse, as a specimen, he's seven years old, as Dermo says. He looks like he's at the peak of his powers. It's probably his year. It probably is. Um, I think Paul Nichols things have really, you know, the cards have dropped really nicely for Nichols, haven't in the last few weeks with everything with sort of vaccinations and, and, and whatnot. But I just think that so many of his horses now this year, things have really just dropped dropped good for them as regards sort of their maturing, uh, their learning. Um, and he did make the point as regards this horse is the same age as, as Cato when he won his first Gold Cup, as, as Dermot said there, a seven-year-old. But, I mean, I think the only thing about Clandis Oboe is I think he's actually good value, you know, punting-wise because of his Cheltenham record, you know. I mean, he's not won there, um, but he has been placed at Cheltenham, you know. Um, but yeah. he is a horse who is really on the improve. I do think... His King George went under the radar a little bit because there was other talking points as well. But nonetheless, then the last two performances were very, very tidy. And the way, well, there was only four runners the other day, but the way he quickened from the back of the last, he just showed a fair bit of class now the other day. That's what took my eye, I have to say. It's what he did from the last. Although he, he obviously travelled lovely throughout it. Stephen, I come to you. If this horse had didn't have the 0-4 at Cheltenham, albeit they're good runs at the festival, if he'd won one of the races at Cheltenham before... I guess he could be shorter. I wouldn't be worried about the zero four at the festival because he's ran so well um, in November, December, the big two mile five handicap. So he's fine at the track. He's clearly an improved horse. I don't think he achieved anything on Saturday. I thought that Terra Four um, underperformed. He looked like a horse that wasn't enjoying himself. He was jumping quite low. He nodded at one, maybe the third or fourth last. So I think he actually beat nothing. But the King George is very impressive. And if you fancy him, like he, he is the worthy favourite. Um, I wouldn't have any problem with Cheltenham, but I'd definitely be looking to take him on. I would I would ask Paddy. He's a horse that strikes me. He, his head, his carriage is very high and his tail is a bit flashy. And I just wonder, is he a bit buzzy? He could be a tough ride and maybe the Gold Cup might suit him. But did you find that at all, Paddy, watching him or was that just me? No, definitely. He's not the easiest on the eye, uh, Steve. I'd, I'd agree. Um, you know, he, he is not so much ungamely, but he's not really striding out like you'd like to see a proper national hunt horse. But I think that's maybe just his makeup because, you know, on the back of the last two performances, I couldn't see a horse to jump and travel as well as that if he was ailing somewhere. But I, I completely agree as to the eye, there's far nicer looking individuals the way they go about the race and the, than what he does. But I think it's it's just his makeup and, and the way he's put together. 
Yeah, they just slightly put me off. I wonder is there a quirk in him? But, you know, he has to go and put a bad run in to, to suggest there is. But, uh, you know, as favourite for the Gold yeah. Cup, I think you can Saturday it, it doesn't register with me. I really don't think he'd beat Anton. So, but he did do it in the King George. But I just, I, I, I'd just be looking for something to beat him. But he's a lovely horse and he could easily win it. And he's in the great place of having had his prep. We don't know if Percy will get out this weekend. A few of these other horses interrupted. Paul Nichols is yard with their mid-term vaccinations are just in prime position. And there's another one uh, to benefit from that the weekend by winning the Demon Chase. And that was Clanders over. Uh, Paddy, I'll come to you first on Al Dance, who won the rearranged Betfair hurdle. Uh, you were pretty sweet on his chances for the original version of the race. We kind of skipped over it last week with our Cheltenham favourites review. And, um, and Al Dance went and done the business. I'm not sure what exactly was behind it with Magic Dancer and Blue Cavier, but he could have won how he wanted in that race, Paddy. Yeah, he could have done. Um, and I mean, watching an interview with, with Sam Twiston afterwards, to be honest, he wasn't impressed as how the race rode. He said they went a very average gallop and even when they passed the stands and ran away down the hill, I was expecting them to get going and he says they didn't really. So he said it wasn't really a proper Cheltenham trial as far as it didn't ride like a proper Cheltenham trial. But he said nonetheless, because of the early gallop, he said he was over racing. He was just doing, you know, he was doing more than he would have liked. So he said if he wasn't the real deal, he wouldn't have picked up and gone away and won like the way he did with that much weight on his back, considering how, how fresh and keen he'd been. Um, so, you know, look, uh, I'd, I'd agree with Stephen when he says about Clanders Over, we didn't learn an awful lot. I don't think to say he's ran in a competitive handicap, we learned stacks about him the other day. Um, but the one thing he did say straight away was that they had to stick with two mile because they had him in, like had him in that other race, but I mean, that was like something two mile five or something, but at, at Cheltenham, um, but they said they'd have to go down the supreme route because, you know, this horse wants a good gallop to aim at just to get him to switch off. And I mean, because they've they've switched and, and changed with the, with the hood a bit, but they put it back on the other day, but it had, they had been leaving it off on his other runs. Um, but, I mean, he's four from four over hurdles. I mean, the, the owner, Di, um, Di Walters, yeah. Di, Di Walters has also got Angel's Breath in the race as well, you know, so he's he's, he's got a very, very strong hand. But even already, Twiston Davis is, is shouting from the rooftops about about this horse when he's jumping fences. For, for now, all he's doing is, is, is just sort of going through the motions as regards jumping hurdles. But still, nonetheless, he's, he's running to a fair level, isn't he? He is, and young Willie was interviewed straight after Al Dancer when I won uh, the bet for her, or Willie Twiston Davis said it's possibly the best horse they've ever had. Um, I mean, Al Dancer, he's now top of the shops for the Supreme. Um, I guess, on what we've seen, it's fair enough. Yeah, Dean, I mean, 100%. It was a rock-solid performance. I'm just always wary of winners of the bet for hurdle, uh, regardless of how good he was. I mean, Bally Andy, my tenter yours, and, and Kalashnikov will all kind of bode with this for me. I mean, wasn't it? There's, there's kind of that, that, that scary stat. I know stats don't win races, but the last 49 runners who in the Supreme who came off the back of a handicap have all lost. Like, And um, I just think this, this horse might fall privy to that as well. Like, was What he's achieved is obviously big. I still think that, that that there will be some genuine grade one class horse in the race that just might be might be too good yeah. for him. And if it it is like the Twiston Davis as well to, to maybe get a small bit over excited about one too and it was a really good performance he could have done it by much further a i didn't like the fact that he just kind of wouldn't put his head down early on he kind of he seemed very fresh but 
that might have ran that out of him. But in a Supreme, I just don't think you get away with these things, which you will in a handicap. And I think all these good horses that have won this race before have found that out as well. So I definitely will be taking on Al Dancer in in three weeks' time. Okay. Stephen, Al Dancer, over to you. I mean, Demo suggested there's a few things he doesn't quite like about him. He sits in pole position at the top of that market. There is Angel's Breath in the same colours, likely to run this weekend. Um, where, what did you make of Al Dancer? I'm assuming you're the kind of person who will be taking this horse on. Yeah, well, it's just in my nature to take on a favourite. Look, I think if any number of horses in the Supreme Market were, were running off 141, they would run that race on Saturday. I don't think it was a great Fair race. Enough. I'd be very worried about being a buzzy, like Dean says. So... Look, it, it was it was fine. He definitely could win a Supreme, but I think Grand Sansi, Elixir, the Nuts, Angel's Breath, we'll see this weekend, and Aramon, I think any of those horses would have won that race off 141. So you kind of have to take him on then, you know, but he, he's, he's clearly very good. Um, but uh, yeah, as usual, I'd be looking to take on the favourite. Fair enough. Um, okay, jury out, I think. He did what he had to do in the Betfair hurdle and probably uh, got in a little bit lightly. And it wasn't the strongest Betfair hurdle we have seen. There's also that handicap stat against him. So our dancer, top of the Supreme Market. But mm, we'll find out uh, in three weeks' time. Actually, Stephen, I might come to you first on the Irish eye catcher of the weekend. Um, I, I don't know. He only did what we probably expect uh, Mona Lee to do in winning the Red Mills chase. I, I thought it was a nice run now. I thought he went plenty slow. If I, if I had Monley over two and a half, I'd be pinging him out and going hell for leather. Now, maybe they're trying to mind him for the festival. But given that he seemed to go a crawl, I haven't seen the time analysis, but he seemed to go a crawl up front. He allowed the horses in behind, who admittedly would be stairs, to, to come at him and have a shot. But then he still pulled out plenty. It was nice. It was it, it was lovely. Like and We'll talk about it in the context of the Ryanair, but... You'd have to be very happy with it. You know, I, I think he jumped okay. I don't think he's jumped as um, vibrantly, for want of a better word. Sort of, he, He's just been a bit safer than he was in his novice campaign. And I'm not sure he's the horse he was in his novice campaign. But I, I'm sure uh, De Bramhead was happy with it. And if you're a Manly backer, you'd be happy with it as well. I think you'd have to be, yeah. Demo, I mean, have they knocked a bit of the um, the flashiness out of him over those fences, maybe now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think maybe going up and tripping him might can can kind of dull that, but uh, you'd you'd hope that it might come back to him. Um, I think it was more to do with the ride, as Stephen said, than anything else. Because when Noel Feely kind of put the put the gun to his head last year in the Flogger's Novice Chase, he wasn't he wasn't short on finding it. And even after the RSA, he seemed to be full of uh, full of beans as well. A punch down before falling. So hopefully all those experiences just haven't left the mark on him. But uh, Going forward, you'd have to be enthused by it. And I was still a bit shocked to, to read on Monday that Henry de Brom had said it was a 50-50 call between the Gold Cup and the Ryanair. Like, I fully understand that you don't buy a young horse and dream of winning the Ryanair. So the owners might want to go to a Gold Cup, but this horse has to go for the Ryanair. He's, he's just, he's, he is that trip. That's that's all he is. He just doesn't quite stay um, anything further. And I think um, in a Ryanair, especially this year, we don't really know what's happening with Min, etc. He's He'd go in there as, as one of the favourites and he'd warrant to as well. Yeah, you'd imagine he's he's absolutely set for a Ryanair paddy. That has to be where they go. They've they've tried the longer distance before already. Yeah, he all you know he's going a sort of fifty fifty call at the minute, and but he said he's ground dependent also, isn't he? Um, but I mean, for me, I'm just looking at that that Goring card now. I mean, the rate, the two and a half mile beginners chase later on in the card was was run in a quicker time than the Red Mills Grade Two. Um, I just think, look, he beat he beat Annabelle Fly, Ed Wolf, and Kalotovic. For me, he, he's he's although he ran okay over hurdles there the other week, he, he's been very disappointing. He's been very patchy. So, 
Ed Wolf is very inconsistent, and Annabelle Fly, although he can travel well, I think he beat three sort of inconsistent performers nowadays. Um, and like because Percy never turned up, it was it was put to him on a plate. And but sure, look, he still had to turn up. And you know, I know the Bromhead said, "Oh, he was given seven pound away." But what he was given seven pound to, you know, I, I couldn't really be sure. But it was a disappointing turnout, disappointing field. But nonetheless, uh, if you look at Monolith's form, um, both his festival runs are are pretty decent runs. Um, you know, so you can't really knock him there. He's still only eight year old, and I mean over fences. You know, he's only had the eight goals and he's won three of them. So, you know, he is relatively low mileage, but he's still got to step up to the plate and really go and win a proper big one, isn't he? Yeah, at least his, his prep is all done. And, you know, when they decide, I'm 99%, I wouldn't make it a 50-50 call at all. I think he's going for the Ryanair. We'll talk about the Ryanair a little bit later on on the podcast as well. So, Monolly got it done in the Red Mills chase. Uh, Dem, I might throw to you for anything else over the weekend. We did see some good performances from the likes of, well, Glenn Forster came on Friday beating Kalashnikov. We had Grand Sansi, who was a good, another winner for Paul Nichols on a massive weekend for him. Was there anything else you wanted to throw out into the mix? Uh, yeah, so it has to be has to be Grand Sansi for me. Uh, just that performance in the Kingwell, I understand, was getting weight, etc. But uh, was still a very, very smart performance. Rating-wise, now is right up there with the best of them in the Supreme. And just how, how well he travelled and he saw it out quite quite grimly at the end against some some decent horses. Uh, he might just be... be be one of the better ones now going into the Supreme Dean. He could be. He's priced around 14 to 1 for that. A decent performance. Um, I mentioned a couple of others there, likes of Glenn Forster. We did see Kalashnikov on the Friday as well. Stephen, anything you wanted to pick up from the weekend? Or did anything catch your eye in terms of this is a good price now for Cheltenham that we haven't talked about? Uh, well, going back, with, there's there's one that I think is a good price. Now, it's related to one we're going to talk about this weekend, but he's actually not going to run in the Dovecot. True Grand Sansi, seeing as we're talking about him, Itchy Feet is entered in the Dovecot. But I see on Twitter, Ali Murphy's replying to people saying he's going straight to Cheltenham. Now, he he's 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 won two races over hurdles, his first two races, and he was second to Elixir de Nuts at Cheltenham, beating one and a quarter lengths. But he was giving him five pounds that day. Now, the time before that, he actually hammered Grand Sansi um, at Kempton. He he's thirty three to one for the Supreme. He's rated one forty two and. Thereafter, putting up Elixir de Nuts on the collateral form uh, from the weekend. Like, realistically, you could be reassessing those and saying Itchy Feet has been running to late 140s, 150. So, I think that 33 to 1, I think he'll go off about 12 to 1 the Supreme. So, that is one. I've got some ba- bad news for you there, Stephen. He's not even the best Supreme horse in the yard, in my view. Oh, you, the Rouge Viff, is that? Not that one either. <laughs> oh, he's a different yard, isn't he? He's the same colour. Um, different. Who's, who's the Ali Murphy? I think Thomas that? Darby is his main. Uh, oh horse, yeah, yeah. You know, obviously beating Elixir de Nuts at Cheltenham. Um, now it's it must be a great time to be Ollie Murphy and have two or three. He could potentially with Bruin as well, who's going to go probably for the Ballymore that he could throw into a race like that. Um, Itchy feet's a big price. He was pretty confident that it's the right race for him and that he's got the right type of horse. You've made a decent case for him. What price is he right now, Stephen? Thirty threes. He's thir- he's thirty threes, and I I think you know he's been beating the right horses in Grand Sansi, yeah. and you know on 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 a weight given performance, he was every bit as good as Elixir de Nuts. These horses are all around 10, 10, 12 to one. He's thirty threes, so I think he's a big price. Um, he's won in terms of eye can eye catchers. This is one now for handicap sometime at Fairy House or something like that over two and a half three miles West Coast time. Who's out of refinement? finished second in a handicap hurdle on Saturday in Ireland 
and he was about 15 turned and then finished second it was a f- good run now and he's rated about 118 or something or 120 um he's trained by joseph o'brien i reckon they line him up for one of the festivals so he would be my main eye catcher from the weekend and then in terms of other ones for Cheltenham, like there was a few I was looking at um, that I think will, will go off shorter than they are now. Uh, Santa Rosa's one in the bumper. We heard today that Andy Dufresne uh, isn't going to run in the bumper and Malone Road obviously isn't going to run. There has to be question marks over Willie's good horse, uh, Blue Sari, is that the name of it? That's the one. Uh, I think he's humming, humming and hawing whether he'll run. So Santa Rosa won twice, won her two bumpers. She won the good bumper that Relegate won at Leopardstown at the Dublin Racing Festival. Uh, obviously, Mayors have won the last two bumpers. Dermot Anthony McLaughlin said after the race, the last day, that she's only been on grass twice. Uh, they haven't been able to work on grass with the weather, and one of those was winning that race at Leopardstown. So I just think 25-1 to one on a bet for Santa Rosa is too big. I think she'll be a big shortener before we do... Um, any of the the antibus previews and the other horse i think is a is a big price is spirit of the games for the jlt like he's a proper 150 horse the jlt is actually nothing in the race he ran well at Cheltenham the last day 33 to one's too big about him um and if i was drawn one other kind of for Cheltenham ahead of time that i think is going to shorten i'd say um commander of fleet i thought was awesome at Leopardstown, and it's only going to stay all day. You're going to get a lot of people saying for the Albert Bartlett that, um, oh, you need a horse that's run five times, six times, all this, but you're no horses have this season. So the fact that he had to battle to win a grade one over two miles six, that's good enough for me, you know, and he's had three runs over hurdles. So I think eight, I think he'll go off three, four to one favourite. So eight to one about him is fair now. I love so him. So they'd be the kind of ones I'd be looking forward no, to. I love Commander of Fleet. I, I actually, you know, made the mistake of backing him for the Ballymore and then battled over Doyen. Uh, pops up and it looks like they're going to split them up but in the Abbott Bartlett I think he's going to take some stopping and you make a good point about stats generally saying that you know you need this seven run exposed big old brute of a stayer to win that race this could be the year that all changes because like you say who's yeah. had those spins and if Gordon's banging in winners all week like he probably will be and it comes to the Friday I don't think you're going to be getting eight to one about the horse that's probably going to be favourite you know absolutely agree I think okay. I just think eight to one's a good bet for your uh, in adverted commas portfolio I like that the portfolio is important on here. Uh, you are listening to <laughs> you are listening to the Race Hour podcast course brought to you with our friends at gambling.com and also those clever fellas at Bet Hard. Gonna take a very quick break now. And when we come back, we're gonna take a look at some super racing this weekend coming up from Kempton, Fairy House, and Newcastle. Bet Hard, home of the 30% combo booster, is the ultimate destination for Cheltenham punters who are serious about winning. With markets for every single festival race right now, Bet Hard has you covered with non-runner no bet across all the championship events. Visit Bet Hard today, where winners dare more. Ages 18 and over. Visit BeGambleAware.org. Okay, welcome back to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you with our friends at Gambling.com, and of course those fellas at Bet Hard. It's Paddy Aspel, Stephen Cast, Dermot Nolan, and myself, Dean Ryan. We're now going to have a look at the racing coming up this weekend. We're going to kick off at Kempton at uh, the 150. Goes to post there on Saturday's the Pendle Novices Chase. Uh, betting is out for this. Looks like we've got a confirmed field of I think 10 uh, lads. Dermot, I might come to you first on the Pendle. Uh, normally gives us a few decent clues. This it does. Um... It's good renewal, but this renewal to me didn't look the absolute uh, best of them. Uh, the one that I kind of have landed down on is the favourite, but I thought Bag Groove was was really good at Huntington and then just kind of didn't back it up kind of quickly back out again and was poor really, but 
that's still a run against Le Bagarois and and um, you know horses that are going to Chelsea Santini in third, and you have the Paul Nichols horse in second. I can't think of who's, who's going for the RSA as well. And it's um, in regards to this top field, of the game, kind demo, of, top of the game, top of the game. That's it. And he's um, he's dropping back down in class again here, really. And I think that Bags Groove, if he can get back into the the aforementioned said groove again I think he'll um, he'll take a lot of stopping here it'd be great for Harry Fry as well they've had some bad news during him. I think they lost Misterton who I know is a big stable yeah they did it horrible it's a, shame fall, yeah. um, it's a big shame for them um, okay Stephen on to the pendle for you I, I think Bags Groove is rock solid bet here simply if you, if you look at the way the horses that are you know going to be trying here because the, the handicap at Cheltenham is a not 145 for the novices and if you take out Bags Groove, the next three in the market are rated 145, 143, and 139. So I don't think they're going to be wanting to be messing up their marks. Like, I think these are out for a spin for the handicap. Um, Bags Groove, I'd forgive him the run at Kempton at 3-1. to one. At that price, I'd forgive him. Um, it was a way better class of race. And I think he's actually up against front runners here. But if I'm right about the handicaps, he's going to get given the lead. And I just think he'll gallop them into submission. I think he'll go off shorter on the day. But I think 3-1 to one now is a fair price. Good shout uh, as well then from Stephen for Bags Groove. Paddy, what did you make of this contest? Are you a Bags Groove fan? Yeah, definitely. And I, I could forgive him because there was just so much pace, obviously, in that race the last time. You could easily see him bouncing back because, I mean, he's the highest rated here, isn't he? One, five, three. So he's so nicely in, really, at the weight with the, with the bulk of these. And, you know, I think Stephen Cass is right that an awful lot of them won't want to be getting that involved, really. Um, but I'm a, I am a big fan of the mayor right down the bottom if she does take her part. Um, Castafiore for Charlie Longsden because... The thing about Castafiori is that, you know, she is relatively low mileage over fences. She only had the three starts, but, you know, she's been around some big tracks. You know, she's been around Wincanton um, and then the last day around Haydock. You know, tracks that really take jumping. So she's very good on her feet. Now, she was re- relatively unfancy the last day, but, you know, she absolutely smashed that Jerry's back uh, of McManus's at, at, at Haydock. And, you know... Connection surely beforehand, we're only looking to, to hopefully punt round and, and, and pick up a little bit of black type. But um, she went and done the job quite nicely, and I don't think there was much fluke about it. And the one thing I do like about her, like I've said, is she's only six year old and her jumping is a massive asset to her. And I think she, you know, in against the boys here, I, I don't think she's out of her depth. She's and, and at the weights of 139, she's actually not that badly in at all. Okay, interesting shout then. So a couple for Bags Groove, one for Castafiore. Um, I thought it was interesting that Nicky Henderson might only have one runner in the Grand Annual this year. I don't know if that's uh, gospel, but it was talking like that would be the case. And the horse that you had in mind was What's Wrong With You? It's in here, 10-1 uh, poke. If it goes off um, anything like that price, I think he's a bet because he probably needs a few pounds to guarantee being in a Grand Annual. He's only off one three five. So What's Wrong With You was my interest in horse in the race. I do agree with the lads. I think Bags Groove uh, has got this race to lose, though. So we will see how they get on. So three horses to concentrate on there. I think Bags Groove is uh, the interesting runner for most of us, though. Let's move on to the 2.25 at Kempton on Saturday. Uh, we're on to the Adonis hurdle. Um, again, a really good triumph hurdle trial, of course. Um, Stephen, I might go to you first on the Adonis. Yeah, you know, obviously a hard... Uh, race to get a handle on like the the market's made up at the front by some unknown French horses from Nicky's we've seen that a couple of times this season that 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 mare in November in the four-year-old race in the JP colours and then uh, inexperienced JP or inexperienced Nicky horses coming into 
races not running well so no thanks for those um wouldn't have an overly strong opinion but i might chance um petty palais of tom george's i thought he was very good when he won um at ludlow he's a bit green but he jumped they say he jumps really well at home and he jumped pretty well that day he was rated 84 in the flat um, he beat a horse that was given a rating mm. that day of 133. The horse subsequently rated 133. So that was a good performance. Now, you might get 8, 10 to 1 on him. But what I do here is, if you're picking a horse like that, uh, Petty Palais, for example, you can back him. He'll only run in the Triumph if he wins, uh, I reckon, on Saturday. And you can back him 50 to 1 on running a bet for the Triumph. And if he wins on Saturday and wins well, he's going to be 7, 8 to 1, uh, probably joint second favour with Keldestan. So you could almost back you know the the fusil raffles horse echo and red force one they're all around 40 to 1 50 to 1 you could nearly back them all because whichever one wins will run and you're on the 40 to 1 shot and the rest of them if they're beaten won't run and you get your money back so that's one betting angle yeah. into this race but the one eyed chance is petty palais it's a really interesting angle and it's happened before like cesar kander have come out and won this and suddenly shot to the top of a market for a triumph hurdle and then gone on and won it uh demo what did you make of the adonis uh yeah Again, it's these these juvenile races aren't aren't getting any easier, are they? Um, it's uh, it's just very, very tough field. The one the one I ended down on is uh, jocked up already. Is actually beat the judge uh, for the Moors. Um, I thought first time out this season for them was actually very good. Um, was won really well here at Kempton, and third and sixth from that race actually have come out afterwards and won since with the six actually beating him at Ascot. But something was kind of wrong at Ascot in that they travelled really sweetly to the second last and punted all the way into 11-4-5 and then just kind of seemed to stop dead, whatever was wrong. But the fact that he's back at Kempton again uh, with, with obviously the Moors electing to come back here, um, I just think the beat the judge could well be well in and uh, or not, yeah, could well run well here and... Uh, a 10 to 1 or so I think it's worth a bet thinking that more than likely will run which is what you can say for a lot else in this field yeah fair enough I mean we're going to learn most from this race rather than try and pick it apart uh, right now I think Stephen's come up with a good angle there Damo's fancying one um, Paddy what did you make of the Adonis anything I mean we probably haven't seen enough of them yet yeah true um, I mean I think there was three I gave a mention to here just around my notes. Petty Palais that Steve mentioned. I mean, very low mileage on the flat. Only had three runs on the flat. And that was a good debut over hurdles. Really knew its job. I know it's only, it's only Ludlow form. But nonetheless, that was a real good start. I thought the horse of, um, where is he, Nicky Henderson's had some quite tidy form in France. I mean, he went off favourite on both starts. I mean, we've not seen him for 211 days, but, you know, he's been bred by um, Simon Manier and, and so they, they've, they've kept hold of him, so they must take a little bit of him. So it's going to be interesting to get a look at him and give him glance also for Alan King. I mean, this one has is two from three over hurdles. I mean, that was a good win last time in a listed event uh, I thought was given a real confident lovely ride around Doncaster and I think mentally you know if she could improve off the back of winning so tidy because a pretty decent animal on the flat you know it was rated 80 plus so it's now got a, a mark of 127 over hurdle so it's no back number but um, just be interesting to see what runs here really I mean because even if Paul Nichols ran his horse I mean he should have won on the flat the other day um, Red Force won I mean he was just far too free with with um, 
with Nichols' daughter and he just got collared right on the line. Um, but at least we know he's fit and he's well. So Red Force 1 will be another one if he can get from A to B over his obstacles. Could be interesting. Yeah, no surprise. Red Force 1 uh, partly owned by Alex Ferguson, of course. He's a, a few decent horses. Red Force 1 could be the next one on the list. Um, I thought Cracker Factory was interesting. I really wanted them to give him a break uh, around Christmas time. They did do that. 70 days off. Uh, brought back here possibly for Alan King. Uh, like Stephen says, if you fancy anything in this, um, you've got to have a couple of quid in it for the Triumph in advance of it running in the Adonis, and that's probably the best takeout uh, you can take from that race. Let's see how they all get on on Saturday. At 3 o'clock at Kempton is the Dovecote. Um, I'm a tad surprised after listening to Nicky Henderson during the week that he's going to put Angel's Breath in here, but I'm guessing he's been swayed by the fact that there's looks like it's going to be a big field for this because a lot of horses need a run. So if they do get a big field, he'll get what he wants. He wanted it to get into a bit of rough and tumble and have to, you know, garner some experience. So Angel's Breath is back, had the jab, odds on. Dermot, I'll come to you first. It's good to see him. Um, have they picked the right race? He could have gone for a tin pot contest and just dotted up and got confidence. Definitely could have. Um, it's kind of, it's one of those things now where we kind of won't know until we see him with, it's not a race at all, at all, but going into these these bigger contests, you kind of need to take in in something like this. It's just a mad way of prepping it. It's a mad way of doing it, and it's what we've become accustomed to now. So, the longer this goes on, so be it. But uh, definitely not a race to get involved in, but one that you'd uh, you'd have to be really intrigued in watching anyway. Then. Well, people sitting with big prices on Angel's Breath. Uh, can't wait for this, Stephen. Um, we're going to see the aeroplane. I think he described him as saying, you've never seen anything as quick over his hurdles. I mean, he's only jumped four in public. Yeah, probably getting carried away in the jump. So that, that's the man who trained binocular as well, you know, who was one of the best hurdlers we've ever seen. And Bouvard yeah. there. It's high praise. But I, 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 like Nicky Henderson, he, he does talk up his horses. I wouldn't get carried away. And God knows what's going to happen with this horse, you know, when you have Al Dancer there as well in those colours. But that said, like, I don't want to take this horse on on Saturday. I was fierce impressed uh, when he won. Um, you know, Scarlet Dragon was put in almost joint favourite. He's achieved a lot more than him. Um, I, I would be keen, like I said, on itchy feet, but he's not going to run. So he's going to have a bet on for the Supreme. If, if, I, if I knew Rouge Viff was going to run here, I'd probably chance him each way at 9-1. to one. And you never know with Nicky. Like, Angel's Breath might come out, but he's even money now. Uh, I don't really want to take him on, but if I had to, Rouge Viff tried to give Mr. Fisher five pounds at Kempton, and he was kind of a sitting duck in front. Mr. Fisher went and picked him up, but like he beat Thomas Darby very well that day. Um, so that's good form. Uh, you know, it's proper in the 140s form, so if you give Andrew's Brett something to aim at, but I think, if I, I, I don't know, I just on, on first impression of Andrew's Brett, I have a feeling he's very special, so I probably won't be getting involved with this, and hopefully he comes out and he, he, he's a machine. Yeah, I hope we I hope we see the aeroplane. Uh, Paddy, Angel's Breath uh, taking on horses that we have to think probably got a bit to find if he is as good as Nicky says he is. Yeah, I, I would imagine so. I mean, I suppose we have to remember as well, lads, that you know he has run in a point-to-point as well also, and there was plenty of runners in that, um, and he won very, very snug. I mean, there was nine runners in the Ascot race. I know he didn't jump many hurdles, but nonetheless, I mean, on Saturday... Like we we all know it depends on what turns up, but you know this is going to be although it's a novice hurdle, this is going to be run at a handicap gallop because you know you've got Brandon Castle, bright forecast, 
you know, there's plenty of pace on here. So if he can negotiate every hurdle, um, he is going to learn so, so much. Um, it'd just be interesting to see. We're going to find out how good he is. But at the, in the same breath, you don't want him to have an awful hard race sort of so close to... Uh, so close to March, but um, nonetheless, he, he certainly does need a few more miles on the clock, but we'll, we'll find out Saturday. But, uh, I do like him. I think he's so, just an absolute raw talent. Could be the last chance anyone gets to get anything like 9-2, to 5-1 to one Angel's Breath for a Supreme, or <laughs> you could be looking at a bigger price after the weekend. That's how that's how the anti-post game works. I can't wait to see him. I do hope he is the aeroplane uh, that they talk about him being. Um, all right, let's crack over to Ireland. Uh, the Bobby Joe Chase is on, actually, this weekend. And um, I think... The latest from Pat Kelly is he's 50-50 to run the presenting Percy. The market is up for it. It's 2-1 to one the pair presenting Percy and Alfred Asobo. Um, the 2-1 to one obviously reflects the chances that he might not go Stephen Cass. Um, yeah, I didn't know the mark was up. That's interesting. I, I, I think there's no chance he'll run. They're not going to run him two and a half weeks th- over three miles before Cheltenham. Like, they're, 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 they've entered him, I suppose, to give themselves an option. Um, I wish they'd just come out and say he's not going to run. <laughs> just come out, tell us he's not going to run and yeah, he's going to go for the stairs yeah, hurdle and then set everyone into meltdown. I, I, I can't see them running over three miles. And I just, you know, he was awesome last year at Cheltenham, but I couldn't, I, I, I don't know how anyone could back a horse that hasn't ran over fences in the season in the Gold Cup. And that's, I think that's what it's going to look like. I'll have egg in my face now if he runs and has an easy race and wins easy and, you know, it doesn't even put a sweat in him. But I, I don't think he's going to run. What price is um, Outlander? Outlander, you can get 10's best. Yeah, yeah, you'd always want at least double figures with him. But, you know, he was only seven lengths behind Kenboy. I just thought he might get a soft lead in front. Uh, and he's very good from the front if he gets into rhythm when you want it down royal. Um, if Percy doesn't run, he'd be the one I'd be interested in. But okay. I don't think Percy will run. But look... You'd want 10 to 1 about Outlander any day because he's a complete head case. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I think he might get a, a lead in front and Alfred Zobo might might find it hard to catch him. But I wouldn't have any strong opinion on, on it. You know, I'd be more interested in talking about presenting Percy and, and what it means for in the context of the Gold Cup. Mm, for sure. Um, Dama? Yeah, absolutely. Again, not much of an opinion on this race, really, Dean. Um, I just... It's just been one of those seasons, and I completely agree with Stephen. I think was I think he's an outstanding horse when he did last year in the RSA. Has only been frank by elegant escape and somewhat by Monley, uh, just not to run him over fences this year. There's obviously been something wrong, but it's uh, it's radio silence from from that yard anyway. And we'll just have to wait and see if he does turn up. I'd be shocked if he did. And going into a Gold Cup, backing a horse that's ran once over hurdles. Uh, if he does it, all power to him, but it seems uh, overly cautious anyway. Um, massively so. Paddy, my view is that presenting Percy has to run. It sounds mad, but you can't go to a Gold Cup without jumping a fence this year. Yeah, you? it's a big ask, isn't it? But um, I suppose we're not going to, nobody's going to know until 10 past 10 Friday morning. Uh, it's just so disappointing that he didn't rock up the other day, considering the reports we'd had. But, you know, top and bottom yeah. of it is, every trainer in the country now going to Cheltenham both this side of the water and the other they're all in the same boat you've got to it's not like there's there's no firm in any description um you know and i think if you haven't got firm in a description if, i mean you can't really give out about good ground but um 
but like the owner says, they want to, this might be their best stab ever at winning the Gold Cup, so they're trying to do the job right. So you can understand what they're saying, but I hope we do see him. Um, I why, think. Why didn't he run a Goran? That's surely good. Like, they were talking about the ground. Yeah, I mean, the, the, that's it. That's cutology, isn't it? It is. It's a head scratcher now, and 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 it wouldn't. It, I, I, I'd struggle to swallow that now. Is that that it's 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 a ground I issue. Um, I don't know. It's it's just very strange. Um, did you um, say this race is priced up? Sure. Do you I know? thought seven or two best. Uh, what? How about Jesse's mare, Magical Light, down the bottom? See, the thing is, I think they've campaigned her so well. I think she was just done uh, for a little bit of boot around the speed track last time. But, you know, they've been switching her from hurdles to fences. And um, she won that chase at Newbury. And then they took her to Ascot uh, over the hurdles. And, and then back to hunting in the last time, which I just thought she was done for a bit of boot around there. But they've done very, very well. I mean, obviously, she's got that penalty to carry now. But, um, you know, she's a fair mare now. And, and she is sort of relatively unexposed so there's a bit of room for improvement there but you know because she's in against some some fairly um i would just say not dead wood but you know horses that we know Might plenty about and, and entries, maybe are, are, are past her best she's whereas not the worst she sort of seems to be uh, races. you mentioned a couple of magical it's been dotted around the uk and also picked up a couple of races so an interesting shout that um should we move on to i mean obviously pat kelly's going to do what he wants so we're going to see what happens with presenting percy and uh I don't know. <laughs> Let's find out. We'll move on to the Ida at Newcastle. Um, also at the weekend, it's off at 2.40, a marathon, four miles and half a furlong. Um, I quite liked one in this. It's Charlie Longskin's uh, Just Your Type, who was, uh, had a race at his mercy last time out and came down. If he's not the worst 34 days after that, I think he's on a very nice market. There's been a bit of money for him anti-post as well, 16s into 10s. So Just Your Type is the one for me. Paddy, um, Ida Chase, always a good little betting heat. What do you think? Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, uh, this is a race I've had a couple of goes in. I mean, it, it, it is a proper, proper grueling test. Um, it all depends really on, on on what the ground does. I mean, it, it's raining heavy here today. Now, I'm probably about 40 minutes from Newcastle. Um, they're, go, they're going good, good to soft, uh, or good to soft, good in places at the minute. Um, I mean... There was a few here. I mean, obviously, last year's winner, Bay Wing, has been very disappointed on two runs, who I've seen of him recently. So he would have to bounce back. I mean, Ben Hazem was giving his horse a good shout, this ex-Irish horse that he's got. I mean, he's always got a McManus horse there down over the years. But Rock on Fruity, he's he's done a good job of getting this horse back to form. Um, I'm trying to think who he was with in Ireland. It might have been Charles Burns or somebody. Um, but he's got him right back to form, and he has won both his races for Ben Haslam around Newcastle. Um, he was with, he was lovely, with Charles, yeah. You know, he's going to have a lovely racing weight if the top weight runs, you know, 10 stone, 11. Um, and like I said, he's, he's, he's shown his liking for the place. There, there was a couple in there I like, to be fair. Um, Rock on Fruity, who I've mentioned. Baywing could easily bounce back um, because he's shown his best form around there. And then there was a, a few of the lightweights. I mean, really, that that's what you could be after here if, if the rain keeps up. I mean, Ian Williams' horse, Zerakiel down the bottom, he'd have nine stone 13. He's he's very unexposed. And and Dan Skelton's horse, all he does is stay. He won the Lincoln National on, on, on Boxing Day around market raising that Eng de Marlborough. Uh, he's won his last two, and he's going to get in with 10 stone one on his back. So... 
you know, but it's it, it is a proper proper grueling race, and there's no hiding place in 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 either, especially if this rain keeps up. Yeah, interesting to know that it's lashing down there at time. Always a grueler. Um, Stephen, if Otago Trail runs off eleven twelve, does put a few of these in off uh, off nimble little weights. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. When I was looking at the forecast last night, it was given dry for Newcastle, so I'd be interested to see if that rain is up there. So when I was going through it, I was trying to find something that'll stay at four miles and something that might like good ground. Um, and the two, I'm only going to tip two, Paddy. I know you five of them there, which is you know you might find the winner, but I just go for two. Um, Sharp response, I thought, for Sue Smith, the favourite. I think 7-1 to one, uh, is a fair price on that now. It was very impressive when it won the last day over four miles. Um, 140 is probably high enough, but th- he's the type of horse can get into a rhythm, and I think it's mainly about staying. Um, Paddy, I know better now. He's ridden in, in a couple of riders, as he said, but I think over four miles, you can probably, you know, you, you can can give away a few pounds as long as you stay and you like it so i think he's a very fair price and the other one i came down uh was progress drive of mickey richards brian hughes has jocked up on this he's he's only had seven runs over fences and in on his first try beyond three miles the last time he was third at kelso over four miles so i think he's got a bit of progress uh, to make progress drive at, at the trip so I chance him at 20 to 1 as well each way. Um, the fact he's jocked up, he's definitely running. So hopefully he could run into a place. They'd be the two I'd take against the field. Would, wouldn't be the kind of race now I'd, I'd know a lot about. So I'd take that with a pinch of salt. But yeah, they'd be the show. Okay, two for Stephen. Um, six or seven from Paddy. <laughs> well, I just said two from Stephen and six or seven from Paddy. Dermo's just going to give us one because I think it's Nat Rhodes. Dermo should put up three or four of the ones we haven't put up yet. At least you can put something up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah sure we might cover the field here um the uh but yeah no the one i added on steve already kind of mentioned it uh sharp response uh naturally for these uh these kind of staying chases especially up the north my eye always gets drawn to the sue smith horses they just kind of don't tend to stop i think it must be the way they're they're trained there on the on the yorkshire moors that they're they just just keep going that they run through Batsview, and last time a Catrick was really good. Won that in a rate by five lengths. Didn't win a whole lot, but still just kept kept trudging along, kept going. Handles good, handles soft, handles heavy. Uh, nothing will really be a big surprise, but it's definitely um, at his best on good ground. So in these kind of staying races, Dean, I don't tend to get myself bogged down too much with weight. Um, it's it's it can be right and wrong. Obviously, I prefer to just know a horse that. Definitely stays. Carried 11, st- 12 last time, so it shouldn't be much of an issue there. The weight in its back, and I think sharp response will take a lot of beating. Okay, thank you. Uh, my shout was just your type, Charlie Longston's horse, who I fancy actually for this race. Um, but I think we've named about nine of the 23 that might possibly line up in the end. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have to find a bookie that's playing. We can do them all then and collect on every single one. I love that. I, all right, we're going to take a very quick break now. I'll live for Sorry, Stephen. Really? Yeah. No, I'm joking. Sorry, I cut that out there. That was shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a very quick break now. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the Ryanair and the champion chase. Check out gambling.com today for up-to-date horse racing trends, betting news, and strategy guides. Take advantage of our exclusive bonus offers for the biggest online bookmakers and casinos. At gambling.com, we write daily tipping pieces on the biggest sports. We find the best prices so you don't have to. Make placing a bet easier. Visit gambling.com today.
Okay, welcome back to the third part of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at Gamley.com and of course those fellas at Bet Hard. It's Stephen Cass, Paddy Aspel and Dean Ryan along with Dermot Nolan and we are going to talk, um, well, we're going to do the champion chase in the Ryanair. We're going to start on the champion chase. Uh, my preview of it is very quick. Altior will win. Um, I don't think Min will run. I think they'll divert and head for the Ryanair which would make sense so we might talk about him in a moment. Um, if Footpad, Underso, Sco Royale and anything else wants to turn up they'll just see the afterburners of Alti Let's go to Dermot Nolan. Uh, completely great. Arthur wins and absolutely everything else you want to add there, Dean. Um, it's, uh, it's a race that is impossible to get involved with and I just think he wins and wins well. Let's get the scarves ordered off that uh, happy chap on Twitter who keeps making Altior scarves. They look a bit weird to me, but I do, I do like the idea. Um, Stephen Cass. Yeah, yeah, I think Altior will win. Um, you know, the, the, the only slight two question marks you'd have, one last year like he did look beaten and you'd wonder someday is is will, will he throw the toys out but he doesn't he's just a machine and he covers so much ground he's an absolute monster um the, the other thing is the way he jumped left uh, at kempton and i wanted to ask paddy about this there's a guy on twitter called i'll, I'll give him a shout out at racehorse race one the number one that's his um twitter handle and he did a brilliant piece of analysis where he slowed down Altior going into all the fences and what Altior does is he goes on to his uh, his off fours at your front left I wouldn't even know now or near left Paddy your front left uh, leg and a horse what's that called uh, uh, the, the off four would be if you were sat on his back it'd be like his right leg okay so he changes on to his near four then that's his left leg mm-hmm. if you're sat on the horse yeah. yeah. Okay. So Altior basically he kept changing his leg onto his near four or his left leg let's, let's call it that to be, to be mm-hmm. easier now if it that that was causing him. He, he basically he likes to jump off his left, his front left leg, right? So that's why he was jumping left because he kept he he was galloping with his lead leg as his right leg, and then he changed as he approached the fence and jumped off the left leg. And that as he was doing that, he was moving a bit left. And now everyone will say, right, he goes to Cheltenham. That'll be absolutely fine because he's jumping left to Cheltenham. But my question to Paddy is as a horseman and technically I would imagine if a horse is doing that he'll nail almost all his jumps and he might get around a champion chase and nail him and be fine but if he has to correct himself on a left-handed track to try and get onto his left foot he, he's nowhere to go then you know and if he makes a mistake it's going to be a really bad mistake because he can't arrange his undercarriage now I could be totally wrong Paddy but I have a theory mm-hmm. that if, if Altior is going to because of that habit that he has if he's going to make a mistake, it's going to be a really bad one. That'd be my worry, and that's the only angle I'd have to even have a discussion on the race. But what what do you think of that, Paddy? Well, I mean, I suppose the point that he's making there as regards, I'd be more worried if he was wanting to jump off the other leg, um, and because generally people would say if a horse is jumping one direction or the other, they're jumping away from pain, you know? Um, if they jump left... It means that they're the the off the, the, they're feeling something on on the off four on the right leg, should we say? So they're jumping away from the pain. Um, whereas if he said he's he's always wanting to lead on the left leg, is that it? Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. why he basically jumped off that left leg every every fence at Kempton. He slowed it down. He showed really good replay um, of it. Yeah, I suppose it's like ourselves, you know, the way we, we can have get into habits and have preferences as to even simple little things like being left handed and being right handed. And, and, you know, sort of if you throw with your left hand or throw with your right hand, like I'm different. I write with my right hand, but I, I, I couldn't throw with my right hand. I'd throw with my left hand. It's it's all about own personal preferences. And 
if the old horse feels more comfortable jumping off that leg, um, it, it's it's it doesn't worry me him going to you know going to a left-handed track will give you more confidence. But as long as there was if that person on Twitter kept saying that oh he was he was going on to the to the changing on to the off four leg and then jumping left, that would make me think that there's something ailing him and he's, yeah, he's well, that's he, what he was doing. His lead leg was always the right leg, and then he changed onto the left leg just for for each obstacle. For the jump, yeah. Like I say, it yeah. would, it it would. It, it's either it's either a two sided kind. He's either hurting somewhere, or it just it's his own personal preference. But for me, I, I think with this horse so far this year, because obviously nobody wants to take him on. He's he's been running in literally non events this year. He's he's just got a little bit. He's got a bit bone idle, and he's not been visually very impressive, and so it's led to people picking holes in him. I think. You know when when the the, the the heat is turned up um in in a Cheltenham environment in March I think we, we we'll see the old horse again um you know for me now at the minute it's just he's not he's not being tested enough and so so therefore vi- visually he's he's sort of he, he's not he's not really taking the eye at all in his his, his prep runs this year but I, I think we'll we'll see the real deal come March you know what race lads do you think footpad and men are going to go for. It's a good question. I think Min is going Ryanair. Yeah, Footpad, I think I'm Min, not sure he's going. Yeah, I think Min goes Ryanair and Footpad ends up in the championships. Footpad's the only horse they haven't tried to take Altior on with. Yeah. Yeah, he's not going to be good enough, but I think it has to get to a point where you just say, right, we're, like Min's not going to beat Altior, obviously, unless Altior falls. Um, like, like, I just don't believe he can. Under Sol's already been beaten in his optimum conditions by Altior, so... I suppose you just go down the pack and say, look, maybe footpad might just improve and do it, but I can't see that either, so may as well just, no. just put him in, in the Ryanair, I think. I think so. Just let Altior have his uh, his DOS round and collect another champion chase. Nicky Henderson said during the week that he probably will get Altior beaten next season because they're going to be more adventurous, whether that's a King George or whether that's you know, a couple of other different target races over further than two. He's saying this could be the last season that they keep him unbeaten. So uh, yeah, obviously they're right to be very confident about winning another champion chase. We might have the name for the podcast actually now. Altior is left-footed. Yeah. I might go with that for, uh, for this week. Uh, let's talk about the Ryanair chaps because uh, we just alluded to it a little bit there. If you look at the top of the market for the Ryanair, you've got Min at three to one, uh, non runner, no bet, of course. Um, Mona Lee, Footpad, Underso, waiting patiently, has just had that return run. Uh, Dermo thinks you know, if the rain comes, that's possibly the one. Lights of Kenboy Road to Respect, Album Photo, very unlikely to run, aren't they? Dermo, let's come to you first. Yeah, I mean, William Mullins uh, confirmed um, for the Gold Cup, he confirmed that. Bells Hill, Albu Foro, Kenboy, and Invitation Only. So I'd be surprised anyway if Albu Foro came here. He, he, he'll improve anyway for an open trip, in my opinion. Um, Min should end up here. Surname won't. Kind of, I'm happy now that obviously we put up Monley last week for the for the Ryanair and our our, our four to one quiz. Um, the, Absolutely, yeah. And then you kind of the more you go down. I mean, on the soul, I think he's done his winning in in races like this and. I, I just don't think footpad would be good enough either. So, like, I'm, I think 10 to 1 out there about waiting patiently. I, I think he's very good, but even me and how, how wax lyrical I am about the horse, even I'd be struggling to back him now for that because you're just, you're such a hostage of fortune. And I don't know whether this year has just been such a write off for him. Do you just kind of leave it go? I mean, he just, he needs rain so badly. And it, it's just, you'd be sad for the horse nearly. It just hasn't worked out for him this year 
at all. So I'm happy with my Monoly bet. Um, it's it's a race that again is kind of typically tough to take shape with. The only other one that I kind of give uh, a reference to at 33 to one that ran well in the in the old Lexus is um, is Coney Island, who is been a bit mad but Harty absolutely adores his horse and if he was the, he ran really well coming up to the kind of the, the second last in that race was travelling well was was very fresh um, he kind of he could be anything at 33 to 1 I'd, I'd probably have a small play on him but it's the kind of a race though that uh, I'm happy to be on Monley and I'll probably just kind of sit there He came up in discussions last week of course with Dave Weldon on that 50 yeah. in Cheltenham Favourites Review and he fancied Coney Island Stephen Cass I'm gonna take a stab you might like this horse no you're talking about hey, my that's wrong. Tip. yeah i know he's now 25 to one. no no i don't get the coney island love at all i think it's a long time since he did it um so i i think he's become a bit of a, a one of those hipsters choice horses on on twitter and i just I don't see it at all um no the one i like is the storyteller at like dean's run through the ones at the top of the market like to talk more about min I think they might go for the Reiner, but I, I really wouldn't fancy him for it. Min, to me, looks like he needs a hood, something to calm him down. He's still too too buzzy and free, and you know mm. he pulls too hard early in his races. And even his jumping is a bit skewy at times. And he just does too much for him to get home over this trip. You know, we saw it against Plitilog at, at Aintree last year. I think Monley's a soft finisher. Um, Underso, I'd be all over him at ten to one. Except Underso got his ground at the Reiner last year, and he's now eleven. So, you know, if if he hadn't run it last year, you know, you'd love to back him this year at tens. But yeah, I think you know he had perfect conditions last year and couldn't win it then. Um, waiting patiently doesn't look the horse he was in the Ascot Chase to me. Um, top notches had plenty of chances. So the one I like is the storyteller at twenty fives. Like he's he's rated one sixty and he's running solid races all the time. He's only natural. He'd be improving. Um, he's going to be ridden by Davy Russell again. You've an Elliot Russell combo here. That's a festival winner. Uh, I think he's only running good this year, so he hasn't had the chance to show his best. Now, if it's good ground, you'd be sitting on the twenty-five to one. Look, he'd probably be twenty to one on the day or sixteens. But a bit of soft ground, you know. I think this fella could be a ten to one shot and give you a right run for your money. He's a very good horse. Like he won the Grade One at Punchdown last year by default, obviously when Album Photo. Um, uh, when when town and pulled him out mm-hmm. uh, he probably would have been third that day maybe even fourth but look he has a great one win behind him so i just think it's a big price he's one i like now he wouldn't be the best 25 to one shot i'd ever put up but i do think he'd probably go off around half that um and if it's a weak renewal and one or two don't perform uh i think he could even pick up the piece and win the race so he's just one i like at the price interesting shout indeed and like you say if a couple of those at the top like a foot pad or min swerve and under so doesn't get his ground that 20s is going to look big you have to you have to think that's 25s 25 in case he wins now we better put 25s we'll make that we'll we'll actually bank that bank a bit of 25s there for Stephen cass about the storyteller uh paddy aspel on the ryan air uh dino do we think that under so will turn up uh, I think he probably will, would be my shout. But, you know, that I don't think they're going to get his optimum conditions. I don't think there's going to be enough um, juice underfoot. And he is 11 now, Paddy. Yeah, he is 11. Um, but, I mean, just his festival record is so good. It really is. I mean, he's won an Arkle, a Ryanair. He's been second in a Ryanair, second in a Queen Mother. Um, you know, and to be fair, I thought Sandown uh, around Christmas time, 
I thought he jumped like a he jumped like a book. Um, obviously, you'd like to get another look at him again, just see where where we're at. But um, although being no match at all for Altior, I thought he ran okay. I mean, because they were miles clear of the rest, St. Calvados and Soreal. Um, I think this could be his last crack um, at being, you know. A, a, a proper live live chance going to Cheltenham. I know he's eleven, but look, they're not like sort of your normal eleven year old handicappers. I know he's had thirty runs, but he's been you could say for eleven year old race sparingly, only turning up for the big gigs. But it's just for me, his festival record is it's just so good. It is good, and his run behind Altior last time is is pretty much on par with anything Min's ever done behind Altior. So even at his age, uh, maybe they are minding him a little bit more as well. Not not giving him too many spins this time. So one more one more last dance at the top table, perhaps, Paddy. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, you look, we've got to be realistic. Like we both, we both mentioned, he is 11. Um, but I just think from on what we've seen of him, he's just shown that there's enough sparkle there that they could just have one more big day in him, you know. It'd be great to see, okay. wouldn't it? Uh, it would. It'd be a roof-off job, wouldn't it? That would bring the yeah. house down yeah, definitely. Everyone loves him over here, you know. He's just such a likable horse the way he puts everything into his races. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind if the storyteller finished second to him. No, I don't think anyone would. And, you know, they're, they're such an enthusiastic bunch of owners, aren't they? They tend to bring everyone from the company along and, and have a serious date. They've been treated to a brilliant career from under. So if he does win uh, the Ryanair and uh, in whatever fashion that might take place, it would absolutely bring the house down at Cheltenham. Look, lads, uh, Paddy, Stephen, Dermo and uh, myself from the Race Hour, uh, been a great uh, chat there across the last weekend this weekend to come and a quick look as well at Cheltenham uh, if do make sure you listen back catch some of Stephen Cass's early fancies for the Cheltenham uh, festival which was on the end of section one and it's been a pleasure to have you all here so from the race hour with gambling.com and bet hard thank you very much we'll do it all again next week